Ashe, peace, love, and light, good people. Welcome to Soul Secretions. This is your one and only host, the Saucy Mystic, Saucy Scribe, or simply Saucy. Call me either of those. <laughs> so, my first episode here, my first little talk is going to be about how talk is cheap. A little bit of a paradox, I know. But lately, I have been moved into a period of silence because, like, generally just talking to people was literally hurting my chest and my upper back. And what I came to realize was that it was really the mundane conversations or um, those conversations that just would not lend me any type of help that I felt I needed. Um, at the times that I was really experiencing heavy, um, dark energies around me, within me, so on and so forth. Or even on a day where it may have been a bit lighter, I just found that my soul and my spirit was craving for conversations that would be food for my soul and healing for my soul and my spirit. And I just found that majority of the conversations that I was having, especially at those times when I was experiencing a particular darkness and a heaviness, I was really finding that it was really hard for me not only to talk to people, but to even listen to them talk about mundane things or things that they could very well change or things that simply did not matter in the larger scheme of things. I often just find myself asking the question of what is really the purpose of this conversation? And I am a higher vibrational Virgo. So what I mean by that is I know that there is a low vibrational Virgo that can sit up and entertain gossip and just talk, talk, talking about nothing, you know, like nothing that would really feed the soul. It's just mundane talk. It could even be gossip, so on and so forth. So me being a higher vibrational Virgo and evolved, I have no room for gossip. I have no room for mundane conversations. I have no room for immature, like immature talk, like, and I mean, especially with people that are of my age group. So I physically was feeling just pain over these conversations and these connections and the lack of sustenance and substance. And so what I'm finding is that people are talking about things that, and even on social media, I see people are just, you know, discussing things that don't matter or they're approaching things from angles that don't offer any real healing. People pointing fingers, people playing victim, people acting like they, you know, have all the facts, so on and so forth. But for me, I can only go off of my personal experience, which is what I intend to share here. And so when I talk about mundane talk, I mean, for instance, 
discussing other people and choices that other people chose to make. I think that's one of the most idiotic conversations that anyone could have. And to me, that is bordering almost on gossip. And sometimes it downright is gossip. But for the most part, I get tired of hearing people discuss other people's health problems in excess and what they could have done differently or the environment that other people choose to um, submit themselves to. And these are grown people. These aren't kids that were born into an environment that they have no control over. These are grown people that have chosen their environments. They're obviously comfortable in these environments, but yet you would have people that would say all day long, oh, they're living like this and they're doing this and they're doing that and they could have better. And But I have to tell people, I've had to tell several people in my close circle of friends or loved ones, at the end of the day, when while you're criticizing what you feel is a hellish situation that someone else has submitted themselves to, right now they're in that situation obviously seeing it as a particular heaven because they haven't done anything to pull themselves out of it. And they obviously get a kick out of being connected to certain people and, to, and being in certain environments. So why would you waste your time? talking about what people should do differently to make their lives of a higher quality, so on and so forth. So me being Virgo, like my conversations, I want them to be solutions oriented and not only solutions oriented, but I'm even getting to the point where I'm even tired of talking solutions with people because I'm even noticing that when I'm talking solutions with people and we may be pinging off of each other, some of these same people don't make the changes in their lifestyles. And not only do they not make the changes, they aren't consistent if they even attempt a change. You know, they're not consistent enough and then before you know it, they're right back to talking about their issues that could very well be be uh, dissipated or dissolved if they were consistent in applying the solutions. And so... um. I just get really like frustrated or sometimes it's not even frustration. Sometimes it's just downright boredom and it's a downright draining of my energy to have to talk to people about things that don't matter in the larger scheme, not only of life itself, but in the larger scheme of their lives. And so we live in the time now where it's a bit trendy to be vegan, vegetarian, to say that you live a holistic lifestyle, to say that you're spiritual. I've been spiritual for 11 years. I've been awakened and conscious for 11 years now. So I'm not a person that kind of jumped, like recently had my awakening and I'm kind of one of those, I'm not one of those people that, is, oh, I've just recently found my self and now I want to scream it to the world. Now, I'm not taking anything away from anyone who has awakened in this time of mass awakening, so to speak. I'm not coming at anybody who's had a true awakening. But what I'm saying is that I really do feel that this holistic lifestyle is a trendy thing rather than 
it really being something that people, um, it really being something that has truly awakened a person from the inside to where they go off the grid and you do a study so intense on yourself that people don't hear from you for extended periods of time. That's the type of awakening that I'm talking about. And what I'm seeing is that most people have not done that. It's like they had, they got obtained a little bit of knowledge from YouTube or maybe something they read and then they're immediately ready to take to the internet and just regurgitate this information rather than go within, apply the shit that resonates with you that you may have read or that you may have watched in a video and apply it so intensely to yourself that honestly, when you come, when you come out of it or not even come out of it, but when you feel ready to go back to the world, you don't even really have to go in, in a preachy mode or in a, Ooh, I just want to share. I just want to share. It'll just be that you're this beacon of light and you're simply living your life. You're simply letting your light shine and people are noticing your glow and they're commenting on it and they're asking questions to the point where then you get to go into what it is you've been doing. But I'm finding that a lot of people are not pulling back and really doing the work. And so that's why I say it seems that this awakening is a trendy thing. And what I'm finding is that there are a lot of people who speak all this spiritual lingo, you know, ashe, peace and love, love and light. Um, they're talking to meditation. They're talking all of this stuff. And some of these people don't even practice meditation on a consistent basis. Some of these people have never even sat in a meditation for at least an hour to really experience what meditation really is. Because it's not something necessarily that you do. Now, the act of meditation is something that gets you into the state of meditation, into a meditative state. And there are a lot of people who don't know that. Who don't know that the whole act of sitting and being still and being quiet, that's merely the means to get you into that state. But you can be in a meditative state while you're moving around, while you're busy, while you're talking to people. But it just so happens that most of us or that the best route, especially in today's world is that you actually need to isolate yourself and you do need to be in a more quiet environment first because the American culture is so noisy, so noisy, whether it's, you know, audio wise <laughs> or whether it's just everything that you're receiving into your, 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 um, sense of sight or, I mean, all the senses, all the way, all the ways that our senses can be affected, I feel that American culture is very noisy in that regard or from that perspective. So whether it's the sense of taste, a lot of things that we're eating is overly saturated with stuff that shouldn't even be in it. So this is what fasting, this is where fasting comes in. And I know maybe I might be getting a bit too deep now going too, yeah, too deep, but with fasting, to me, that's a form of meditation for your taste buds because you're getting back to the basics of the taste of food and you're detoxing from all of the seasonings and all of these ingredients that make processed foods taste so good and make you crave them so much. And so when you 
fast for a significant amount of time, you find that you can eat things that absolutely have no seasonings and you can t it will taste so good to you. So good. And so that's what I mean by the American culture is really noisy. It's noisy on many levels. And so you have to pull back, sticking with the whole meditation, the general idea of meditation, you have to pull back in this culture because life itself in this part of the world is so noisy that you actually do need to detox from all the noise. And a lot of people are not doing that. But yet, when you talk to them or if you see them online, they're speaking all the flowery language. You know, you bouncing off each other a little bit in conversations. But then when you peep the lifestyle, you actually have a eye on the lifestyle of people. You find that you have a hard time being quiet. You have a hard time with self-discipline. You have a hard time being by yourself. So how in the world do you know anything about what it means to meditate, what it means to be at peace, but yet these people can talk so much about peace and so much about being spiritually awakened and spiritual in general, but yet they have no practice other than talking, talking, talking. And this isn't a judge. I'm trying not to make this a judgy episode, but this podcast is an act of self-healing for me. And it's also an act of universal healing. And so I'm merely using this platform to express my own truth and those who resonate, it will resonate. And for those who it doesn't, that's fine. But I feel that my truth is potent, which is why I was led to do this, but it really is an act of self-healing and self-love, which I am really, really hoping will lead to a collective healing, a collective or just a contribution to collective healing, should I say, a contribution to um, collective love, real love, real wholeness. And so just know also, too, that a lot of this I apply to myself like every day. <laughs> Every day, if I see that I'm getting caught up in bad patterns or bad habits, I'm very well aware of that. And I pull back and I try and rectify that the best I can. But even with my own flaws, it never stops me from speaking on it. That used to hold me back, but my spirit has lately been telling me, no, do not hold back. Continue. Um, in this state. Because I feel the best gift that I can give to people is to present myself with flaws and all. And also present myself from a space of active healing, of actively working on myself rather than coming like I am perfect, like I have it all figured out and now I'm here to tell somebody else something. That's not the point. But it may come off like that, but I don't care because I know what my true intentions are. So I wanted to get that out of the way. So talk is cheap and I'm just tired of talking to people that talk so well to you. But then, like I said, when you look at their lifestyle, it totally doesn't match the conversations you're having. And it's not to judge people in their lifestyles. It's simply to say, 
stop talking to me and having these extensive conversations. Meanwhile, your life isn't mirroring that, which is a waste of my fucking time. Don't waste my time talking this shit. And I could feel when people just talking shit because I feel it in my chest. Like I stated earlier, I feel it in my back and it hurts. That's what I'm experiencing lately. So I've been pulling back from a lot of people because I've been feeling like I haven't been getting the food that heals me, literally heals the chest pains I've been having lately from dealing with toxic energies. And I could feel toxicity in people regardless of how flowery they're talking and how gentle they may be in the moment. I could still feel the toxicity, even though their gentleness or their lovingness may be real in that moment. I could still feel the toxicity behind it. And it hurts me, literally, my chest and my back. And for some people, it can make my whole entire body feel sore. Which leads me to the fact, well, which makes me want to inject the fact that I'm also an empath. And so what I realize is that I've been feeling people's energy so much lately that I've had to pull back. Now, some people that I pull back from, it hasn't been that they haven't been fooled for the soul or they haven't. It's not that they haven't necessarily been soothing for me. It's just been that while I'm going through this, I haven't wanted to, wanted to, with some people, I haven't wanted to have my own, me working out my own demons and working through my own darkness and my own postpartum depression from being a new mother or just depression in general from being a relatively new family woman for a, a long time. My husband and I, we've been married 11 years and we have a one and a three-year-old. So for a long time, it was just my husband and I. And your married life, it comes with its problems. Don't get me wrong. But when you add kids into the mix, oh my gosh, there's so much that weighs on you. And I know the man has whatever weighs on him, but the woman, as a wife, you have to play so many roles. Wife, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a homemaker. I homeschool my children. So I'm actively partaking in their education as I have been since they were in the womb. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Um... And so, um, it sent me into periods of darkness as I work through all the responsibilities, all the heaviness, all that is weighing on me, relationship stuff that's come up, a paradigm shifts that I'm experiencing that is bringing everything into question for me. And it's come with a lot of heaviness. Because a lot of people around me, either one, can't understand what I'm experiencing, or two, they just have nothing uh, to give to it. And so it makes me feel alone. And so I'm just giving a little bit of background on what this heaviness is and what this negative energy is that I have been dealing with off and on almost the entirety of 2018. Yeah, the entire 2018, off and on, throughout the whole year of 2018, it was very, very rough. It was the roughest year I've had in a long time. And so 
Some people I had to pull back from simply because I was in no state to deal with outside energies, especially if I knew those energies were not necessarily making me feel better. Because it's one thing to deal with what's happening in your environment, but then it's another thing not to be able to talk to people because they're outside of it and you don't know how much you want to tell people or if people know you're dealing with something and they don't really seem to care. It could be a number of things. It could be a host of things, but I just felt like people just wanted something from me. Like people want to talk to me about their problems. People want this, they want that. And I felt like nothing was being given to me. Nothing being really given, nothing that was really healing me and really giving my spirit what it needed. And I'm not mad at anyone, not at all. It's just that if I'm not getting that from people, then what is the next thing to do? If, at least as a Virgo, the next thing to do is to pull back. That's what we do, Virgos. We pull back. And we're not, we love our alone time. We're the hermits of the Zodiac. We love our alone time. And so that's where I'm at. I've wanted to pull back. And so I've had to, what, what, what has happened to me during this time, the good thing that has come from me experiencing lots of stress and lots of depression and darkness, I've had this clarity come through at times, which gave me this wonderful radar for bullshit. And it really helped me to see what's working, what's not working. Once I came out of the emotionalism, all the emotional fallout of being stressed and being depressed, once I got past that and I went into a space of numbness, of nothingness, pure nothingness, Minus emotions, all the emotions had been worked out. I couldn't cry no more. I couldn't feel sad. I could feel just nothing. Then bam, in came this superb clarity. And that clarity showed me what's working for me, what's not working for me, and the moves I need to make. And for the most part, like most of my life, like even since becoming this Conscious sister, this awakened, just deeply loving person. The first part of my journey was all about self-sacrifice. That's all I had been doing is sacrificing myself, sacrificing my own feelings. It's the true Virgo fashion because we love to help. We're loving people. And I'm not saying all of us, of course. I know people will come, oh, no, Virgo, that ain't shit and this and that. Well, I mean evolved Virgos. Not the dark side Virgos, not the low vibrational Virgos. I'm talking about the high vibration, loving Virgos. We are loving, warm, kind, helpful souls. And I'm one of those. And for most of my life, and especially for most of my spiritual journey, I have been this guru for people, so to speak. I have been this touchstone, this sounding board, this person that people would come to for wisdom, for guidance. And I didn't put myself in that position. I just did the work on myself. People sensed my light. They heard my wisdom, my insight, and they wanted more for their own healing. And I was okay with that. And many people had no clue that I was going through my own thing. Because when people see me, I'm always so 
well put together. And this is other people's words. Even my own mom <laughs> in recent times told me that she didn't know I was going through it because she just didn't know that I was going through periods of sadness and darkness because I just, I'm always the strong one. And it just hurt. It hurt. I used to, um, I used to love the fact that people saw me in this strong light. But when you actually start to go through things and people still see only that, and even when you tell them what you're going through, it's like they don't believe you. Because I've told people on many occasions what I'm experiencing. I've vented. I've cried. I've done all of these things. I've spilled my heart out to people. And it's like when people see me, because I still take care of myself, that's been my damn saving grace to take care of myself, to work out, to do yoga, to eat good, holistic veganism, vegetarianism. And even if I dipped and dabbed in meat, I was cleaning out immediately. And so as a result of how well I take care of myself, it was reflecting in my external appearance, but it was putting people off because it's like they didn't believe me when I cried and when I told them I was going through it. And my own mother said that to me. Oh, you know, I always thought you were the strong one. And, and so the majority of my life, especially in my awakened years, during these 11 years that I've been quote unquote conscious and awakened and turned on, I have been putting other people before myself. And what I realized Okay, sorry about that. I forgot to silence my device and my mindfulness bell went off and ended um, the first part of this recording. So, I, um, to continue. So, um, yeah, I spent majority of this time, you know, sacrificing my own happiness for others. So that others wouldn't get hurt. So others could feel supported. And meanwhile, I was suffering. I was unhappy. And in a lot of cases, not all the time and not with everyone, but in a lot of situations, I felt I wasn't being met. I didn't have my equal. I didn't have certain people to be on my level. I always had to bring myself down notches rather than be around people who could bring me up and bring me into another other spaces that I hadn't realized. And there are a couple people in my life um, that have been that person that has been able to show me higher truths and I love them for it. And I'll give a shout out to my sister, my girl, Latoya. She's that person. Like, she's that person I can say for sure through and through. She's added so much to my life so much to my life. I can never, I can never thank her enough for how much she has added and continues to add to my life, to my growth. I love her. So anyway, <laughs> let me not get all sentimental. So what I realized in experiencing, in my recent experience with stress and depression 
is after I got past the emotional aspects of it and I went into a numb sort of numbness where I wasn't, I felt like I didn't feel anything. I had these moments of clarity and I was able to cut off situations where I felt that people weren't recognizing who and what I was or they were taking me for granted or they were mind fucking or playing games and I've just had enough of the games. I've had enough of the cheap talk. I've had enough of gossip, enough of useless conversations about other people, about pe people just talking about themselves. Oh my God. Like, I feel like I experienced so much of that in 2018 and in years before, like just attracting people around me that talked about themselves extensively. Like, and I mean, not their growth, but just like very superficial, egotistical growth. Shit that wasn't really benefiting anyone else. It was only a celebration of their own ego. So it was just so many different dynamics that I was realizing. And it wasn't that I was internally trying to be judgy of people or critical. It's just the realness. I was, I was feeling it physically that people were not feeding me in the way that I was feeding them. And I would get accolades all day long. Oh, I love being around you. And oh, you're so this, you're so that, and you're so insightful. And oh, your mind is so beautiful and this and that. But it's like, what am I getting back? What is the point of it all if all I'm doing is giving, giving, giving. Meanwhile, I'm feeling like my own spirit and my own soul in, that, in those moments is withering. What is the point of all this giving? Simply to die? Simply to become numb? And then who am I any use to? And so I had these moments of clarity. At the end of 2018, I had these moments of clarity. And it's interesting that it started to happen in the fall. I started to witness just, I started to just really, really realize it's funny. It happened in fall, <laughs> the falling of false ideas, the falling away of just fake shit, keeping up the facade, trying to be nice to people. And I just started to be real and just tell people like, look, I can't have this conversation with you. I can't listen to this because I'm going through my own thing or I can't, I had to pull back. I didn't feel like talking. I'm depressed. I had to just be completely honest and say things that people don't want to say, that people are ashamed to say. Well, at least I was ashamed to say certain things at times. And so talk just became so cheap to me because it wasn't healing the people I was talking to, it didn't seem to be healing them in any way that was really affecting their lifestyle. And it for damn sure it wasn't healing me. And so, therefore, I just had to pull back. And I, you know, people would talk about silence, 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 but then not know how to be silent. It's like, how can you talk about the importance of silence? And how can people talk about Oh, meditation and silence and this and that. But then you don't know how to be silent. You don't know how to be by yourself. You don't know when to quit. You don't respect the person that is quiet. I can't tell you how many times I've had people totally disregard me sitting quietly and reading. 
me sitting quietly and writing, me sitting quietly and watching a lecture, me sitting quietly and watching an intense film. They just come right in with their own shit and just want to talk about their shit. And these are some of the same people. And I'm, and I mean, I'm mainly highlighting the people who talk all the spiritual lingo to make it seem like they're into this and they're on. But then you see in their very lifestyle, in their very delivery and conversations, in how they react to your silence, you see that you're not really with it the way that you say you are when you're talking about it. And so it leads me into talking about what happens when you do actually practice silence. When you actually practice silence consistently and for an extended amount of time and you are serious about it, you find that you really don't have to talk a whole lot. You don't really have to actually be talking directly to anyone. You can be communicating with them through synchronicities, through actually talking to them, you know, through your own minds, projecting the thoughts to their minds. And I know this, I'm not talking about some far out idea that I haven't experienced. I'm talking about a true experience that I know to be true, which is why I can now come out and talk about these things. And you find that what happens when you do the fast of silence and you fast from talking, just the same as when you fast from eating. When you fast away from food, you find that you don't even want to eat a lot of the same shit once you go back. Because stuff that you would have overlooked before or you would have just said, oh, it's just an orange, oh, it's just an apple, it's just, it tastes so good. And it's all you want while you're fasting, after you come off the fast. And it tastes so much better than it did before you fasted to the point where you don't even need all this excessive shit. You don't need highly seasoned foods. Now, some people do. They want to run, they'll run right back to eating everything under the sun. Now, that's a whole other type of individual fasting. And it's really the type of fasting that your spirit calls you to, not fasting because it's a trend, not fasting because somebody else is doing it. You're actually called to fast. And that's what happened with me. This is how I became vegetarian and vegan. I lit, my body literally started rejecting chicken, started rejecting meat. So it was a process for me. It went down the line. I didn't follow anybody's guidelines, but it really started with juicing. And I have Dr. Suzar to thank for that. I read her book, I think it's called Foods, Drugs Masquerading as Food. Excellent book. But it was the book that got me into juicing. And once I started to juice, my body, my spirit woke up and it just started to reject things. And I had to listen to it because I was literally getting sick from eating certain things. And so my spirit called me to fast. And when your spirit calls you to fast and you come off of that fast, you don't want to go into eating the same old unhealthy BS that you were eating beforehand. 
But like I said, there are some people who would do that. And those to me are not the ones who were spiritually called to fast. Those are the ones that just decided to fast for whatever reason. Like they might have said it's some practical reason. Like, oh, I need to because I'm not feeling good or not. I'm not feeling good, but I need to fast because like your spirit just hasn't called you to it. You didn't get this message like. And I guess if something's physically going on in your body, that could be a reason. But people will know what I'm talking about. It could be you just happen to be reading something. You say, oh, I think I want to try that. And it may not be that you was really getting all the signs and the signals that you needed to fast and that you felt, okay, spirit's talking to me, telling me to fast. To me, when that happens, you don't come off the fast and want to go right up into eating nonsense. It's like, for me, it's like the stuff that normally I would have been like, oh, that's just an apple. It was that no. That apple was all I freaking wanted when I came out. It's like food didn't need the seasoning, all the excess seasoning, all this extra stuff. And the same thing happens when you fast in silence, when you detox from the programs, from all the talking, from all the chatter. You find that you can be a woman and a man of fewer words and you can say what you need to say in as few words as possible and be totally understood. And you are a better listener. You're a better observer. And this is how I know when people aren't really meditating. This is how I know when people are faking, when they don't know how to be quiet, when they don't know, when they don't know nothing about consistency. This is how I know they don't have a practice because a practice teaches you consistency. An active spiritual practice teaches you consistency. And so what do I want to, what am I, where do I want to go from here? And so also in silence, you refine your ability to communicate telepathically, which is the ancient way in which we communicated. Telephone is a new technique relatively new technology in comparison to how far back the ability of telepathy goes. The telephone is a ripoff of that. Just like the TV is a ripoff or a, is a lower vibrational tool for the visions we had. We could envision what was happening across the world. We could get visions of what was going on at home. And now we don't have the visions that we once had because everything's so saturated by this technology, by the technologies, the shit that has been put out to replace the natural abilities that we had. And so the shit has been capitalized on. And so people don't even really know what telepathy is. They don't know what it means to, to, to telepathically communicate with people because they aren't practicing silence. They aren't detoxing from the matrix. They aren't pulling back from screens, phone screens, TV screens. And this is even myself as of late because I can't lie, I've been using social media as a form of escapism because I with my children all day. and Sometimes it's the only taste that I get of the outside world, but I'm working on that. I am. And I'm coming back into the realization that my children need to be my sole focus, except for when I'm working on my projects. If it's not 
And if it's not a contribution to my spiritual projects online, then I need to pull back. And I can be honest in saying that I have two Instagram pages, my Saucy Scribe and my Soul Secretions. My Saucy Scribe is educational by far, but I have to be honest, for the most part, it really is just this mundane tool that I use to have some connection to the adult world, so to speak, or the outside world that doesn't have to do with babies all the time. So when you detox though from all the screens, and I know this from experience, <laughs> and just to even talk about this period in my life is just so fascinating to me. When you detox from all of that shit, oh my God, your imagination improves, your visions improve your dreams improve. You can readily, you can, at least this was my experience, you can more readily astral project, but it all gets dumbed down. It all gets, it withers away under the focus or the, in the focus of on TV screens or phone screens. And really all these technologies were invented to undermine our natural the, the our natural technologies the advanced human computer system even the radio we always think that these technologies were meant to enhance us and to make things better and to oh now we can communicate across the world on the web well we used to be able to do that when we were just Practicing telepathy, when we were just doing telepathy. We used to be able to do that with visions. But they had to go and create something to shut down our natural abilities. And now we receive the communications that they pick and choose for us. And even when we're communicating with each other, a lot of it is just fragments of the type of communication that we could be having. Just morsels, little bitty morsels of the wide or the vast ways in which we can communicate with each other if we had never been introduced to these technologies. And so I'm going to stop there for now. I could go on. And this is why I said that this is really going to be uh, probably a two-part series. Talk is cheap because it can go deep, as you can see. It can be an extensive topic. So I imagine that I am going to have more to say. Well, I already have more to say, but I don't want this episode to get too long. So I'm going to cut it right here. But at the end of it all, what I want to encourage is if you're the person that talks, 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 just stop talking. If you're not ready, just stop talking and do it. If you're not ready to do, to do it, to, do, to, to make these holistic changes that can make you more of a whole human rather than a fragmented human, if you're not ready to make those changes, stop talking to people and stop perping, perpetrating or faking like you're doing it. Because you're messing up the balance of the universe by making people think that you're on it. By wasting the energy and the time 
of people who are really on it. You fuck with the balance of the universe. If you know you're not ready to embark upon those things, don't talk about it. Talk about something mundane, but be ready for the person that is evolved and that don't have time for the bullshit. Be ready for them to shut you down. And it's not about a person being mean. It's just about a person understanding their power and understanding what they need and understanding what's feeding them and what's not feeding them. And one day, hopefully, the people who talk, 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 but don't make no change, hopefully one day they would awaken and realize what people such as myself have been saying all this time, that there's a difference between talking about it or practicing a little bit versus not talking about the shit and practicing a whole lot and having consistency. But there are those of us that do talk a lot about it and we're also consistent. But the reason we talk a lot about it is because we're so excited about the shit that we like, man, we want to share with everybody. But sometimes when you do that, you create fake people around you that act like they are doing it and they're on it and they're not really on it. And like I said, that creates an imbalance in the universe. And when you have people that are actually doing the work versus those who are not and you steady coming to these people, you're an energy vampire. You're an energy vampire. If you're not feeding a person and you're just taking, taking, taking and acting like you speak the language, but your body ain't speaking the language, your lifestyle ain't speaking the language, then you are an energy vampire. And it's not to criticize anyone or to make anyone feel like shit, but it's just to say that you are doing an injustice in the universal scheme of things, in the collective, by acting, by faking, rather than being. Being. A real human being. I'll add that on. Being a real human being, not a fake one. So, thanks for listening to my first episode, Talk is Cheap. In parentheses, unless you make change. <laughs> All right. Peace, love, and light. I am your one and only host, the Saucy Mystic. Please keep your eyes and ears peeled for my second episode. Peace.